0: I've heard there was a secret chord The David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the spoiler warning podcast. This is review number six fifty-eight with a review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Steven Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. This week, that streaming platform is HBO Max, and that film is Zack Snyder's Justice League. The long-awaited, long-internet-sought-after uh, Snyder Cut. So We're talking about the Snyder Cut. It's finally yeah, here. Yeah, it,
0: it's real. It happened. And I do think everyone, while acknowledging... The Snyder Cut is kind of a product of fan outrage in that major things were redone, you know, budget was made to finish it. I don't want us to forget that up until a year ago, there was a strong consensus among the Internet intelligentsia that the Snyder Cut does not exist. Saying release the Snyder Cut is like saying i can't think of a good analogy but the the conventional wisdom was these people are dumb this thing does not exist there is nothing to release um and they were wrong like like i get that like money was spent to remake this but there clearly was a full vision of the film much of it filmed before all the production woes hit and like I kind of feel like some people should eat crow for how cockily they were like dismissing the idea of this thing being I, possible. I I get that it was created partly after the fact and that like the idea of the cut originally was probably it's just sitting there, just put it on the Internet rather than make it. But I still feel like there was a lot of original footage that was clearly close enough to be ready to be made into a full movie and I think everyone should just acknowledge that, like, that was a sudden whiplash effect of, like, Snyder Cut fans are crazy to, holy shit, there is actually going to be a Snyder Cut.
1: Well, so so on the one hand, sure, at the point in time where Zack Snyder had to step away, that's when he stopped, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. like the film was wrapped. Like, they were still planning to do reshoots and stuff for that cut that did get released. But I think when you, when you look at the fact that, like, depending on who you ask, between 70 and $90 million was dedicated to finishing this cut. Mm-hmm. Like, take don't even take the films we saw at South by Southwest. Take all of the films at South by Southwest and then take all of the films at Sundance. Add them together. <laughs> it's probably not more than $90 million,
0: right? Yeah, I don't know. Koda takes up a good chunk of that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I hear you. I assume a lot of that was VFX budget. Um, yeah. Like, I, I don't know enough about the production, the post-production schedule of this to know, was Zack Snyder able to get access to the actors again? get? Like, presumably they didn't do, like, real filming in any, like, collective sense for a lot of these actors. Like, the footage of the actors are primarily footage from 2017 and before.
1: L- l- let me let me counter with this, Stephen remember the last shot you see of Batman and think about how not buff his arms were in that shot. It's a skinny it Ben weird. Affleck in that last shot and he's just ripped the whole movie, right? Yeah. It, it was weird
0: that he had that like can of beer in the freezer that he did like a little like shake <laughs> and then tab thing to. That felt like maybe they borrowed time from a different, <laughs> different movie.
1: I mean, he's still bigger in the way back that he was at the end of this movie. He is like cut down a lot. Mm -hmm. And they, for some reason they put him in like a vest, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. put him in a big like hoodie or something. Right. He was just like laying in bed. Why is he wearing that? (laughs) Like maybe it wasn't a vest in my head. It was like a, like a sleeveless vest thing. Um, But yeah. So, I mean, so if you're on team, the Snyder cut did exist. How are you feeling about, should it exist sitting down to watch this film? Like, are you happy that this is a product of internet outrage and whatever? Um, are you like... I mean, I, I, I text you as it was starting. Like, I had it set up on the projector. I took a picture with my phone and sent it to you. I was like, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit excited right now. And you said that, like, you felt the same way when you started it. Um, in general, though, when you were sitting down to watch, where you were like, oh, this is a good thing. Like, we're, we're doing good here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the... What I like is that one director, especially a director who was besought by tragedy, like got to see his vision through to the end. Like I think, in general, if we ignore the rabid fandom and the internet discourse and everything, like in general, that is a thing that we should like, right? Like more people getting to see their like uninterrupted creative vision and it getting beamed into our eyeballs, right? Like, that is the fun of watching movies, at least in part, is like, okay, we get the sacrifices studios have to do, but now show me the show me the indulgent thing. Like, I just want to know. Um, it is nice to me that Zack Snyder got to complete this thing that was in his mind, especially given in the time since Justice League came out, especially in recent times, people's opinions of Joss Whedon have gone down a lot. And Zack Snyder, his, you know, people have generally gone up on him. And so this is like the right moment for something like this to come out. Um, I also think the pandemic is a perfectly good moment for a ridiculously long blockbuster (laughs) to happen. (laughs) Uh, Kind of a uniquely timed event. Um, And yet... If this became a precedent, if from now on there is this idea that a studio can spend an extra 50 million or whatever and take any movie that was moderately successful and just recut it and get money for it again, that is like worse than the reboot and sequel mentality of the last couple decades, right? That is like the next logical progression, and I'm not a fan of that. Um, So I, I think overall I'm happy that this cut of justice league got to exist um just as an artifact if nothing else of like okay this is kind of the the cap on this polarizing figures take on the dc universe and at least we got to see it you know like in we'll get into it when we talk about the movie proper but like in our review of the original justice league that we both listened to again today just to you know recall um I said right off the bat that the kind of Frankensteining of tones felt like my least favorite aspect of that. And so removing that Frankenstein piece, I think that's kind of cool. Do I want to live in a world where studios think this is a way to make money is to, like, pay people more to recut a director's version every year? Like, no, that kind of seems like a post apocrypha Like, that sounds terrible to me. <laughs> um, yeah. But... I don't know. I I was happy in the pandemic, especially you don't get these kind of like giant action set pieces anymore. And having a thing that was kind of new that was coming out now like that, it gave me some joy. So I I was
1: happy for it. Yeah. I, I think, I think in a perfect world, what would have happened is, well, yeah. In a, in a not so perfect world in which Zack Snyder still had to step down because of a personal tragedy. The perfect way to handle that would be that a studio would have the balls to say we are putting pause on the production of this film. And we're going to give Zack Snyder as long as it takes. And whenever he's ready, he can come back and we'll finish this movie. Mm -hmm. Like that would be like the perfect thing to do, right? Have his initial vision come true at the beginning. This, what we're watching here. And we'll get into it when we get into the review. But I think that this is a little and some, right? Right. This does not feel like a man who knows, which I'm sure he does, that he's not making future films. (laughs) So it's not just that he's trying to fix the problems with the original films. He is setting up films he's never going to make (laughs) Mm. and is doing it on purpose, right? Like he is straight up going for things that lead to nothing, because there's not, I mean, maybe the internet's going to be like, "Fucking, we need more Snyder shit. Make a whole." I think Snyder's. it could happen. I, I mean, it could happen. But what's weird about it is, let's let's say that let's say that you know, Warner Brothers, HBO, everybody is going to say, um, you know, the people behind HBO Max are going to say, we have decided based on numbers. That we are going to attribute 100% of the subscription for this month, all of it, to this film. Does that equal what it could have equaled if this was in theaters and there was no COVID? Like, how, how are they doing the math to justify? So first of all, they have to make back the $90 million, $70 to $90 million they spent to put this out in the first place. So if they attribute all, like I don't have the numbers right now, I don't know if they've released the numbers of how many subscribers they have, but $15 times all the subscribers for the month of March, does that equal $90 million?
0: Yeah, but but, I mean, think... Warner Brothers but think HBO also, right? Like what was the value of Game of Thrones when in those late seasons every episode was like many millions of dollars to shoot, right? I basically but I don't look,
1: understand streaming math. But but you had to maintain a So I mean, HBO's business model is let's have a bunch of 8 to 13 episode shows and We start one, and when it ends, we immediately, the following week, start the next prestige show. Mm -hmm. And the next week, after that show finishes, we start the next prestige film show. And it's just a process of, like, string along the viewers. (laughs) Like, keep them going so that by the time the three shows we have on the platform end, it's about time for Game of Thrones to start again. (laughs) And you repeat the cycle, right? right? Like, Game of Thrones, uh, True Detective, um... Big Little Lies or whatever the hell it's called, right? Like uh, it, like they, they just bounce from show to show to show. And you're like, fuck, I, gotta, I guess I got to keep paying $15 a month because I want to watch this next show. It's not a – because the shows are so short and they are episodic and people do talk about them, um, you know, you have huge podcasts that crop out around all your shows on that network. They can keep people going. And then now, obviously, with the whole HBO Max catalog, it's like a Netflix now, right, where like I can tune in to – you know, the original Mission Impossible television show and, like, all sorts <laughs> of old television shows that I can watch in between, but I just feel like you can't attribute any value. Like, you can take new subscribers during the month of March and apply that total as though it were ticket sales to this, because you can assume, and you shouldn't, but, I mean, for if you're fudging the numbers for tax purposes or whatever, you can just say that every new person who subscribed during March probably subscribe to watch Zack Snyder's Justice mm-hmm. League, right? But outside sure. of doing that, I just don't know how you justify spending another ninety million dollars to make something whole cloth from scratch. Which if yeah. you're doing that is probably gonna be 250 million. I don't know. <laughs> like what, yeah, how big well, are you I mean, trying to one, make one
0: it? One thing I don't know too is there's probably a whole international streaming distribution type side of this that has nothing to do with that business model which is the mystery into how most movies make their money back eventually, Uh, and probably that is true for this kind of thing too. But yeah, I don't know how it adds up, basically. I I don't know how how you justify it. Uh, What I do know, as long as we're talking about this other possibility of waiting and releasing it in theaters when Zack Snyder was ready— And this is, like, almost getting into the review a little bit. This movie could have never fucking been in theaters, right? This is a movie that could only be in the form that it is now, which is us all at home, sitting at home, having it be released to streaming, and us getting to, like, take pee breaks halfway through. Um, So for many reasons, it is an interesting counterfactual because the, the cut that people wanted, that they were clamoring for, it kind of existed, but it did not exist in a form that the studio could have released to theaters. And that is the the lie about the Snyder Cut narrative is that he had this perfect thing, and the studio made him sacrifice it, and they kicked him out, and Joss ruined it. Like, we'll get into the, the Whedon effect because there are interesting things there. But the clear thing here is way before, you know, Zach stepped down... Turning this into a two hour movie, which is what the studio wanted, would have been insanely difficult. And no like there's no way this vision could have happened. And there's yeah. also no way a four hour DC movie was going to go to theaters. So like it, it's I it's kind of like a I don't even know what that other universe could have been, right? Like this is the only way we could have gotten this.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was the D C E U. That's the that's the universe that mm-hmm. was in. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, I, I agree. Uh, the, the, the
0: director's cut, extended universe.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. We were never going to get this in theaters. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that we should have gotten this now. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm mm-hmm. not glad that we got this now. It's not. It's not mm-hmm. the. It's not the film we wanted, but it's the film, the film we deserve. Yep. <laughs> um, Maybe we should dive into the movie. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we should dive into the movie. Um, so. We're about to play the trailer before getting into this review, but unlike most episodes of the show, um, for which we do a main review and then we'll save a spoiler segment at the end, this is a a weird situation. Like This is a remake of a film we've already seen. This is twice as long as the film we've already seen, so it's kind of like there's a whole new movie here that didn't exist when the theatrical cut came out, but we're still going to treat it as though we are allowed to have full-blown spoilers because really the only thing you can do is talk about the differences between these films and how things changed um got better, got worse, got different, got less colorful <laughs> um uh you know that that's really the only way to talk about it. So you're being forewarned now. Um if you don't want spoilers, watch out because we got three spoiler cubes. They're going to smash together and synchronize and just completely terraformed this whole podcast into a spoiler territory so get ready for that we're going to start with the trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League and then we're going to come back with a spoiler filled review Mm -hmm. There's an attack coming. My lord, this world will fall. I need warriors. I'm building an alliance to defend ourselves. How do
0: you know your team's strong enough? If you can't bring down the charging bull, and don't wave the red cape at it. here for a reason and even if it takes you the rest of your life find out what that reason is He said the age of heroes would never come again Lady, where honor is a distant memory isn't that right
1: batman Whew, there it was that was the trailer for Zack snyder's justice league it is the reimagining of the original justice league film from whatever however many years ago it was i probably have that in front of me but i don't um but essentially this film starts right at the end of batman v superman um superman is dying his screams set off the shockwave that wakes the mother boxes which call to stefan wolf to let him know that they're on this planet on planet earth ready to be scooped up and taken he comes to earth and he has to collect all three Mother Boxes so he can try to slam them together and synergize them so that he can terraform um, you know, Earth to turn it into Apocalypse, I think is what the place is called. Um, and he's yeah. all doing this so that he can get back into the good graces of Darkseid, um, who is his... Boss like master guy who once upon a time came to Earth with the mother boxes, tried to put them together and synchronize them to terraform the planet and turn it into uh, apocalypse. And uh, he failed because all of Earth's forces you know, a green lantern, um, the, the old gods, uh, the, the people from the place that Wonder Woman's from, um, uh, the Atlanteans all these people fought Darkseid and beat him back, and he had to retreat. And he has somehow forgotten that earth is the place that he was <laughs> and he's been waiting for these mother boxes to be woken back up to call him. And, uh, yeah, our heroes are trying to assemble to form a, a league of people fighting for justice, a justice league, if you will. And, uh, we see this group of people assemble and get ready to try to take on Stefan Wolf and hopefully stop the arrival of dark side. Steven Miller. What did you think of Zack Snyder's Justice League?
0: (sighs) So I actually had a pretty fucking good time with Zack Snyder's (laughs) Justice League. Um, I think so. I was going to say I was going to preface that this is obviously much better than the theatrical version. And I believe that, but going back and listening to our review, I was warmer on the theatrical version than I remembered being, but I still think like, like this should be better, right? This has had four years to percolate. It has much more screen time. It has more money poured into it. Like it it would be sad if it was worse, (laughs) Um,
1: but yeah, for sure.
0: I would say this is substantially better than the theatrical version of Justice League in that this is not a Frankensteining of multiple points of view, multiple aesthetics. This is very much Zack Snyder's epic. Um, I want to imagine that this is two movies, you know, uh, Infinity War uh, and Endgame, or, you know, Harry Potter, (laughs) Deathly Hollows, one and two. You know, this is one of those because it does
1: have a snap right in the middle of it,
0: basically. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it, it has all of that. It has be, it, it could easily have been that because the way this movie works is kind of a couple hours where uh, while our heroes are assembling, um, Steppenwolf is just fucking shit up and easily overcoming every obstacle, right? It, it follows that pattern that the Infinity Saga had. Um, yeah. And so if I imagine that, so I set aside that a four-hour movie could not have come to theaters... This is so clearly better to me in the case, in that at least everyone makes sense. We kind of know why the heroes are who they are. The aesthetic felt very consistent throughout. And a lot of the stuff that feels, you know, indulgent and overly Zack Snyder, like, rather than feeling dark and edgy, it feels kind of somber and emotional in a way that I wasn't really expecting. Like, th- this didn't feel like a the bro version of the dc universe to me like like this really felt like it was trying to give the characters space and let them breathe a little bit and i i enjoyed that like that the key immediate difference that you notice in this movie is when when the theatrical version started and i haven't gone back and rewatched it so this is kind of from memory it was very much like we're living in a post-Superman world. Here are regular people talking about how they feel about not having a Superman, and it is super um, Avengers, you know. It it, it is super, this is how regular people view the heroes. This is, like, the interaction between pop culture and real life. Um, The way this movie opens is Superman dies, and there is, like, a howl of anguish that echoes throughout the whole world, right? And this movie is that howl, rippling for basically the first like half hour um and there's something about that that breathing room that like we are going to let this happen and we're going to take this seriously right we are going to be as somber and earnest about comic books as a comic book might be that it worked on me like i i don't know if the pandemic played a role where i was just like hungry for a big epic thing that is way too into itself um but I thought it was fun and entertaining and very long, of course. But I never was like, except for the epilogue, I was never annoyed at the runtime. I kind of felt like, like I was binging a show or something. Like it felt like a manageable thing that was cohesive. Um, I think this writes a lot of wrongs with the first movie. Like the character of Cyborg, most obviously. Like he yeah. basically goes from being a character that doesn't get anything to do to being arguably the main character or at least like the character with the most protagonisty journey um this completely rectifies him uh steppenwolf is still not the coolest villain but this gives him much more of an arc and a motivation for doing what he does i think bringing in dark side in like the flashbacks is a great move it again it does make this more infinity war because the parallel to thanos is just like even more obvious um but i think like it lent much more epic almost like lord of the rings this is the original battle of sauron grandeur to the flashbacks in a way that i thought was cool um i thought like the end battle everything just felt more cohesive more justified and less like random and thrown together and cobbled like it it just felt like a much more complete picture and i had fun with it like there are plenty of nitpicks i can get into um i think slow mo is way too overused i think zack snyder should not write powerful epilogue monologues the father is recording to his son where he says things like the ones that were that are that are yet to be in the future the now but not in the past, because the time is now to fight, discover, heal, love, win, battle together. Like, it's nonsense. Like, he, he yeah. has, like, nonsense dialogue. Um, But the, the dialogue is often cheesy. The slow-mo is overdone. The sound cue that comes up every time Wonder Woman shows up is cool the first time and by the 20th time it's like fucking ridiculous um
1: (laughs) if you go back and listen to old episodes though we love the cue for wonder woman
0: (laughs) oh yeah the cue is great the spatter cat just has a thousand of them um (laughs) and also the cue for wonder woman was like a electric guitar riff right like this is the like
1: oh oh, yeah this this is the uh as the what do the captions call it um, shit. I forget, I wish I could remember what it was. but it was. It was some like yeah. ethereal blah 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 thing. Yeah. Okay. That's the cue you're talking about. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't have captions turned on. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't care for that. Ca- that. That. That hook. That cue hits
0: over and over and over and over and only for her. Like no yeah. other hero is getting that treatment. <laughs> um, like there's indulgences. There probably you could shave the indulgences and turn this into a three hour movie, and it maybe could have been released even. Um.
1: That's but 100% I, true.
0: Yeah, but I had fun. Like, I, I don't know. I had fun. I thought the story made a lot more sense. The heroes coming together felt more real. The, it still had humor and lightness. It wasn't like Joss Whedon was the only one who had humor. I think Joss's humor was just way more quippy and not fitting in the DC universe. And I think this brought in humor in ways that fit with the Snyder aesthetic. And I I enjoyed that. Like, I, I think this is a good if not come back at least like proof that he was capable of a full vision and it wasn't as like dour and juvenile or whatever as people thought it was going to be and i was happy it existed
1: so yeah i was i was into it yeah um i think you know it's it's safe to say this is a much better film than than the theatrical release i mean it's there's 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 no if ands or buts about it like like that's just that's just a fact like this film right as you said is more cohesive there is there's a whole through line you know what's happening you understand motivations of characters um have like even even though like dark side didn't exist in the previous film and now he is it's like it's still the motivation is still stefan wolf doing his thing but it's to please dark side which is teasing this eventual like the 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 vision that um that batman has at the end of the film of this like shitty future uh, of the world is the future in which dark side has come to earth um because mm-hmm. the the end of his goal was not simply use the mother boxes to terraform the planet it was also there's this whole thing called the the fucking anti-life equation which he's trying to yeah. find and that vision that Batman is having, which was teed up in Batman v Superman, um, when he was also having these little flashes of stuff, involves a future in which Darkseid is going to come and find that anti-life equation and solve it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Equate it into a world in which he can mind control Superman and the whole world's gonna be super crazy, right? Um I'm all I'm all on board for that in theory, right? Like 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 there's a lot of shit happening. I I think honestly I could have left that out of this film. It, like, if, if we knew we were going to get this dark side, you know, it, it would be like, right now it feels like you watched all of the Marvel films that were teasing Thanos, and then that whole saga just ended, and Thanos never right. arrived on Earth. And that's kind of where we are right now. Like, for me, mother boxes were enough, and pleasing dark side was enough. The the sort of anti anti-life equation whole nonsense sort of... Because there, there, there's, it's it's a reference to a thing that you know if you know, and like I've done some internet rabbit holing of reading descriptions, and I'm more confused now that like like if you want if you want a fun trip, Google what the not not the description of what the equation is, but Google the actual the actual equation. Um, give give me one second. Let me, <laughs> let me find this real fast. It's a mathematical proof of the futility of living. No, this, this is the best part it's so so in theory the anti so the the life equation is basically free will and the anti life equation is the lack of free will and basically like you lose any sense of Understanding that there's anything worth doing and you basically give in and you have no free will But there's a formula for the anti-life equation Which is loneliness plus alienation plus fear plus despair plus self-worth divided by mockery divided by condemnation divided by Misunderstanding times guilt times shame times failure times judgment um n equals y where y equals hope and n equals folly comma, love equals lies, comma, life equals death, comma, self equals dark side. <laughs> <laughs> and not dark side, the character, but dark space side. Um, so if yeah. you want to have a fun time, just read all the bullshit about how that fits in the, the entire DC universe. I mean,
0: I think order of operations is just very confusing in the way this is written out. Like <laughs> the division symbol is confusing. I don't know why we're doing plus and divide and then multiply. Um I don't know I don't know how n equals y relates to the rest of the left side. There's mathematical issues I have with this. But hey, it checks out. This is as cohesive as the
1: the father monologue in the epilogue of this movie. But but, but Steven, that's why Dark Side needs to come to Earth where the entire equation is just written on the ground in the dirt, right? Because obviously learning yeah. that math from a webpage is too difficult. So being able to see the symbols in the dirt, everything's covered. Um <clears throat> But yeah, so so let's talk about a few different things. As, as you mentioned, we went back and listened to our review of of um the original Justice League film, um episode 4 or something way way back in the day. And uh you know, during my part of that review got stuck on this thing about how batman is a shitty character (laughs) and he's completely (laughs) useless in the film and he's not given anything to do and he's like the worst hero in the entire film and uh i'm not gonna say batman's the best person in this film but you know what he fits and he works and his motivations are there and he had like you see the transition of him between batman v superman where he was like Fuck! This is crazy. We can't have scary aliens because they can kill everyone and the world's destroyed right now. And this is super horrible. To being this person who has hope and belief in Superman, and it's like he, like everybody in the group, is like, "Shit! Some dark stuff's coming. This is really, really bad." And 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 Batman's the one person who's like. I believe in us like I have faith that we can do this like this like you see this person actually put faith in these people that he has to rely on and you know what he's got some cool gadgets that make him actually important in this fucking plot right yeah he's got the wrist guard things that absorb the energy he's got the fucking plane which is the most important part to breaking down the dome so the actual heroes can get like he has it it was
0: interesting hearing your review before about how he was useless because this movie makes him not useless and it made me forget how little he got to do in the original version
1: yeah like he's he's important in this he's like the only people more important than him <laughs> is cyborg, who has to hack the things which before he was just the metal guy who could pull him apart i don't even remember exactly there's no explanation in the moment, like I didn't go back and watch the whole film, but I went back and watched the ending of the film on youtube um and first of all, that last fight is god awful. it is just horrible, it is mm. a piece of crap. <laughs> Like, it was laughably bad, and in this film, it's kind of rad. But like Cyborg, he has a thing that he's actually doing. He was created from the mother boxes, so it makes sense that he has some way to be able to tap into him. And he's trying to hack them to be able to desynchronize them so that he can separate them, which is cool. Like I'm on, I'm on, I'm totally on board for that. And like the fact that like it's not just this guy holding this box until Superman shows up and pushes them apart, and it's actually him doing a thing, which then requires the power of of the Flash to go do that thing, which you know that's how the resurrection happened. So why wouldn't it happen for the desynchronization? Like I'm totally on board with everything that's going on. Like the ending has stakes, like so far, so many stakes to the point where they first fail and everyone is just obliterated, which is like that's that's pretty badass. Like that definitely didn't happen yeah. in the last film, right? <laughs> like everything is right. wrecked, and then they do a callback to earlier during this during Superman's resurrection where. Um, you know, Flash didn't know whether he should start, and then he's running, and like he misses the point where the cube has already hit the water, but then it like reverses and goes back because he's he's already mm-hmm. going faster than the speed of light. Like, so they've already set up this like whole time manipulation bullshit, and it's like this, this like this film is consistent. It's it's actually all the characters have their motivations, and you know what? It's it's nice and dark. It's like and, and, yeah. I'm not just talking about the color palette, right? Like obviously it's desaturated because Zack Snyder likes that, but like. I I'm I'm not even an apologist. I'm a huge proponent of Man of Steel. I love that movie. I thought it was fucking great. And I love that it's dark that like Superman is like kind of just depressed <laughs> all the time mm. and it's just like it's a gnarly thing where a person doesn't want to be a hero because the world is not ready for him and this film like also has a little bit about that. Like all the characters when you see them they're not they're not really all triumphant, right? Like Aquaman, who at the point in time that this film is sort of rebooting, we hadn't seen an Aquaman standalone film, which I had a lot of fun with that film.
0: I was trying to remember, yeah, when Aquaman came out relative to Justice League.
1: Yeah, it came out after Justice League. So at the time, you have to remember that we didn't know who Aquaman was. So we see him as this guy who doesn't want to participate in this because it's not worth his time. And I, I, I remember the original trailer and that shot where he like, does the, the Gandalf, you shall not pass thing and stops the water. But I don't remember how he got here, there or how he is participating in it. And in this film, he definitely shows up from the ocean and you see him coming through that hole. Like he's like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to help out now. So it's like, I, I, I think that this film does a lot of work to put the pieces together in a way that lets you follow what's going on. And I kind of love it for what it's doing there. Um, the weird thing though, is it is good enough Compared to the original that now all my questions about the universe start to stick out <laughs> and make me want to start complaining about other things in in the reality that's going on. Right. Like there. It's still I, I, I don't understand for the life of me how. Because Darkseid came to Earth. He brought the mother boxes there. He retreated. Left the mother boxes there. But he somehow – so he, he arrives on Earth. He goes, oh, the equation is here. And he slams his axe on the ground, and all the symbols come out. And he goes, yes, I have the equation. Let me pull out my boxes and turn this into apocalypse. And then he has to retreat. But apparently he forgot where Earth was because he didn't have his GPS yeah, I going. Know.
0: Okay, yeah, I Okay, that's really dumb. I get that. that I, I was going to say before, like, he lost Earth. How embarrassing for him. <laughs> And does that mean there are other planets that he also left mother boxes on on accident? (laughs) And this is just one of the many of those where it's like, find the mother boxes you left. Like, yeah, that was that was silly. No,
1: I I think literally his hundreds of thousands of other worlds that he's been to, he just terraformed them and took the mother boxes back. But he lost them on Earth. And now he's like, oh, man, now I can't terraform my mother boxes, planets. Like, it's just it's insane to me. What is But like he
0: remembered that part, but he didn't remember why he lost them on Earth.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just weird. So like that part where Stephen Wolves like grabs the dirt and he's like, Oh my god, this is the planet that has it. I can't wait to tell Darkseid he's gonna love me. <laughs> like that was really, really dumb. Yeah. The the part where So in the flashback, the boxes are synchronizing, but like, you know, Ares is throwing axes at people and Green Lantern guy's getting his hand chopped off and like all of the uh, the ladies from <laughs> Wonderworld are <laughs> throwing all their shit and fighting. Atlanteans are throwing their tridents. And they they separate the boxes, right? And the yeah. boxes fall apart and de-animate uh, or go, hibernate. They go to sleep. All the people take the boxes to their hiding places and put them away. At the end of this film, when Superman and Cyborg pull the boxes apart, they go, well, thank God those are destroyed. It's like... Were they destroyed? Because that's exactly what happened the first time you did this in the flashback. They weren't destroyed then. Why would they be destroyed now?
0: Well, but this time Cyborg went inside and convinced the boxes to... I think something about what he did to separate them also, like, neutralize the power that was inside of them.
1: I feel like if I go back to the film right now and play both scenes, in both cases, it's like they separate and they fling off onto the ground and then they deanimate. And then, I don't know, I just... It seems weird. And also... If Cyborg's dad's heat laser can't break the box, then how will just throwing them on the ground <laughs> break them?
0: Oh, yeah. Did, did that heat laser thing happen in the theatrical version?
1: I don't believe it did. I don't remember how they tracked it to the original position, but I don't remember that happening, but maybe it did. But I felt like they spent more time... Maybe maybe it did, but they didn't have the pre-scene where they were like, I'm shooting lasers at it, and it's superheating to be the hottest thing on Earth. Like That felt like a... That felt like explaining why the Death Star has heat vents that you, <laughs> you can mm-hmm. shoot <laughs> missiles into i uh
0: I did think as long as we're talking about um world building aspects of this movie, it was interesting, and I'm sure this is in d c lore like again, I don't know anything about the comics at all um, but Ares, who spoilers for Wonder Woman, is the secret big, bad villain of that franchise um at least of movie number one he is in the flashback here fighting dark side on the side of man and i thought that was interesting and made me want to know all about the lore of these like greek gods in the dc universe and how they relate you know yeah like when did the fall happen when did he split from man and how did how did man and amazonians and uh uh a- aquaria what is the name of aquaman atlantis a- Atlanteans. Atlanteans. Yeah. when did they all split up and how did that happen i i thought that battle was super epic and interesting and i also don't know why people look like green lantern because i don't know the story of green lantern at all like i don't know why there's like green people with green rings I and mean, there's just one around. right
1: but like yeah they're, they're like the green the the lantonians <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like aliens from another place, I think, and then they have the lantern power that makes them green. <laughs> like I think
0: this is going to be—we could do a whole podcast concept, which is like me talking my ass out my ass about comic ideas that I don't know anything about. Yeah, I think there's a sense in which the Green Lantern. Or the Green Lantern-ness, that substance is, like, the core of how DC heroes exist or something. Like, I think there's something fundamental about Green lantern but I don't, I don't know what it is. But I think, I think something in the lore is, like, that that is, like, the building block of all of this. But I,
1: I feel like there's multiple colors. Because in the Green Lantern movie, wasn't there also a yellow energy? Definitely in the cartoon,
0: in, in the Justice League cartoons, there was a guy with yellow, like, ring that he buzzed at people who was a bad guy. Yeah.
1: So, so since we're on the topic of this epic battle, um, when Darkseid originally comes to Earth with the Mother Boxes in the first place, as we've said, there are giant armies of various levels of gods and intensely powerful people. And now, when Steppenwolf comes, rather than all of these armies rising up to go compete in this battle together again everyone sends one fighter <laughs> like right. like it's in troy It's like in troy right where they're like okay we'll give our best fighter and you bring your best fighter and then they'll battle it out right it's like why would all of atlantis not come to the surface and help fight this off like like literally all the amazonians all they do like maybe they don't have boats there because they don't have trees and they can't make boats because there's no trees i don't know what's going on but like all they do is fire the air that's like you know what We'll let Wonder Woman know. <laughs> Diana Diana will know what to do. Here's our arrow. Let's just fire it to the area of man and call it a day. Why would they not hop hmm. on boats and come and be like, yo, this is going to be bad. So bad, in fact, that we built underground caves below the frickin buildings in Greece <laughs> and we have a whole thing that's like, whoa, Dark Side is really, really bad. Let's not let him come to Earth ever again. And then but they're just like, it's in her hands now. <laughs> Godspeed. Yeah.
0: I honestly don't even remember how him taking Atlantis worked other than him fighting uh uh like Aquaman and Amber Heard like but i don't don't remember like why they were there when he showed up or why other people weren't there to stop him like i i don't i don't remember the details of that at all
1: so no so so it's two different things right so there's the flashback where he was on land and just everybody came out of the sea to help fight um and then in the scene where seffin wolf is there and he actually takes the box the box was waking up and it was in this little temple, but it was deep under the water. Nobody expected that somebody could just like teleport directly to it and grab it and teleport away. So it wasn't like it wasn't like the Amazonians who they had like a whole little temple built were just constantly. There was just women standing with their guns drawn or not guns, their, their weapons drawn waiting for the box to do something, um, right. which also so so. Atlantis people. They put it underwater. It's so far underwater. It's like, you know, security through obscurity, right? <laughs> it's somewhere yeah. in the ocean. You'd have to find it. You got to be able to breathe. You got to be able to go that deep. It's it's there. Amazonians build a temple. It's guarded, right? But they build this whole temple where you can knock out these pillars and collapse it and close it in. But there's just a fucking hole in the sky. Even in a world where where Steppenwolf didn't have the teleportation, like the Stargate Boom! 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 Laser beam things—the little rings that come down to teleport you somewhere. Like even without that, like any of the paratroopers could have just (laughs) flown in through the top, grabbed it, and flown back out. Right? Am I not crazy? that's not crazy? Right?
0: Yeah, I guess. I guess they weren't thinking about flying creatures when they when when they made this temple. They were thinking about how badass it looked, which is true of most of Zack Snyder's um, shots in this movie. Which is it is about how badass it looks and nothing else. But then the the worst one, though,
1: is is the humans who just go, uh, three three feet under dirt. (laughs) Good enough. I don't remember where I put it. It's safe.
0: I 100% thought there was going to be a Boromir moment where the person was like, no, don't bury it. And, like, the humans were the reason that, like, it got found. (laughs) Um,
1: Let me carry the box for you.
0: Yeah. Carry my box. And my box. Um. Anyway, there's a, there are a lot of Snyderisms in this movie that is him going, I'm not going to say too far, because again, I like that he got to do exactly what he wanted to do, but he has a bag of tricks, and he uses it in moments where it works really well, and he also uses it in moments when it doesn't have to exist at all. Like a, an example that's been quoted on the internet is the slow-motion sesame seed falling off of the hot dog bun of just like... <laughs> Yeah, okay. That didn't have to be slow motion, right? Um, But there there were a few things, like, one thing he loved is music cues when the group is assembling and heading somewhere, right? He loves the, like, uh, icky thump type of, you know, thing happening. Um, There's a lengthy scene where the heroes are walking upstairs heading toward, like, a sewage area or whatever, where they're looking to confront Steppenwolf, where there's just, like, badass music playing while they walk for, like, a minute and a half in this empty place. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Doesn't need to exist, right? That music doesn't need to be there. Uh, There's a scene where they're debating what to do with the box, um, where the camera is just, like, spinning around them for, like, a minute and a half. That doesn't need to happen. Um, There are music cues constantly in this movie where this song is about very literally whatever feeling the character is having. Like, there's one a Nick Cave song where the lyrics are like, they said the gods would outlive us, but they lied. And and it's like, (laughs) while people are mourning Superman and it's like, okay, I get it. I get what you're trying to say. You know, you're laying it on a little thick. Like this definitely feels like a guy who did not have a voice to go like, all right, I get what you're doing, but like you should back off here. Um, and that's why I think there is a fantastic three-hour movie hiding in this four-hour movie somewhere. Uh, if you could find that happy medium between the pure directorial vision and the, hey, kill your darlings a little bit. Like, you don't need to have all 12 of the Wonder Woman audio cues. Like, you can have two of them, and it'll get the job done. Uh, so I did feel that, even though I appreciated how this improved the story.
1: No, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I, I was joking on a call this morning that there are... There were some sh- there were some parts of this film that are in another film. It would be a montage, but in this film, it's a single character just staring off, <laughs> and like the music's playing. It's not e- it's not even a transition to a new location. It's just somebody going like, "Hmm, hmm, hmm." <laughs> it's like yeah. that that stuff was like the ridiculous part because I, I feel like literally if you just cut that out it's releasable in theaters like you can still keep all the other music cues that are that are at least stylish and just removing the moments of a character just staring into the distance would be enough to 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 let this be short enough to release in the theater
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i think i believe that though i did feel like with all the extended time and empty space it did feel more like it almost made it feel like there were more pauses or kind of like a chapter break. Like, it it felt like, okay, we're exiting one tone and entering another. And it, it felt more comic booky to me because it had those, like, extreme moments and then, like, lengthy periods where not a whole lot was happening. It kind of had, like, reset points for me. So I still think it would be better if you wanted it to be all one movie to cut those. But I kind of liked the total effect of, like, the mood pieces in between where nothing was really happening.
1: yeah. So let's go, let, let's skip ahead to this climactic battle fight between Steppenwolf and, mm. and our team. Um, so as, as I said, I went back and rewatched that final battle on YouTube, um, which is as much the way Zack Snyder wanted you to watch that cut as the square aspect ratio is that he wanted you to watch this cut. Um, right. But, but also it was two separate videos, uh, apparently. For some reason, so I had to, and there was no link in the description to the second half, so I had to like copy and paste the exact title and then change the one to a two for the parts. Anyways, mm. in that scene, or in, in in yeah, in that fight scene at the end, you know, Superman's not there. You know, we have established that Stephen Wolf is scared of Superman because he's you know super strong and stuff like that. Um, Superman shows up and just one hit clocks Stephen Wolf and throws him on the ground. And then fucking Superman leaves the fight and goes off to rescue people, <laughs> which, which is all cool, right? Like, like good on you, Superman. I know that's your thing, right? You like saving people truth, justice, and the American way and all that jazz. But you're the one fucking guy who can take this thing, thing on and you punch him one and say, like, all right, that's enough. And then you leave everybody else to get the shit kicked out of them for a little while before you come back and finish them off. They fix that in this like as soon as Superman shows up he just goes he takes that axe to the shoulder and is like "Uh ah not today and just throws him to the ground and just starts pounding him grounded found just feeding the shit out of him like laser beaming him and it's like yeah yeah that's that's the way it would work like he was just playing with him before like fuck saving people saving the imaginary people that you only put so that you can have him leave the fight for some reason doesn't make any sense
0: yeah i don't know why I, I that was one of those things i didn't know why the whedon theatrical cut had it that way because i'm sure this fight was longer but it wasn't that much longer and it made so much more sense it, like the, I, I, I don't know why the theatrical version had it any other way to be
1: the, honest joss whedon had that scene specific specifically so that the flash could look at that little girl and say Dostoevsky dostoyevsky instead of dasvidaniya <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? mm. like, <laughs> like it was it, it that's literally the only reason that that is there. Right. Is that he can be like, uh there you go <laughs> out of here. Right. It just it, it didn't it didn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like I thought because I remembered even being fairly positive on the theatrical justice. Like I'm going to say fairly. I even though I just listened, I don't remember what rating I gave it for real, but probably I was grading on a superhero curve, right? And and really I was like, yeah, it was fine. It was like three stars. You know, I, I think that was probably where I was at. Um even then I thought the final fight was dumb. Like like I definitely remember feeling like it didn't pay off. Nothing really happened. It was all kind of like music video and very little substance. And this this made total sense. Like like this one didn't bother me at all. It felt like it was rising tension them approaching the place them all working together like batman making their way in and then the team all assembling like it had that kind of epic feeling and it's ironic because they brought joss in presumably to bring the avengers assemble type of vibe to the movie and i feel like he botched that completely like time constraint or no like he did not make it feel like the whole team was carrying the load. And in in this version of the fight, they definitely did that. Even with the super-powered Superman, right? They, like, everyone gets their chance to do their thing, and then he comes in, and then he gets to kick ass. But, like, everyone already got their chance to be the hero. And I think that... I I thought it was pretty cool. I also... I didn't remember that, like... That, like, Zerg goo that had been surrounding the, the HQ before... I'm guessing it existed. I just didn't remember like them having to break into the defenses the way that they did in this movie.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't go that far enough back because the YouTube clip started like when they actually attack Steppenwolf and the thing. So mm-hmm. I don't remember, but I feel like I feel like there wasn't a dome, mm. but I could be wrong.
0: I do like the idea that there's like. A part of the world that is so secluded that that like giant dome full of demon creatures
1: could exist and just no one knows where he's hiding for like a week. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, it, I mean, ironically enough, one of the things I was thinking of um, for a lots of reasons watching this was um, I don't, I want to say this isn't spoilers, um, but it reminded me a lot of Tenet <laughs> mm. <laughs> because in Tenet, there's also this algorithm made physical that is like kind of like an equation made physical um, right. in a world that people are fighting together to get all the pieces for so that they can accomplish a goal. Um, and much like in, in uh, that film, um, one of the sites you can hide something like this in is a nuclear disaster site <laughs> where, mm-hmm. where people just naturally don't go because it's toxic. So, yeah, yeah. It, it made sense to me especially because nobody had superheated a cube that would allow them to even track it to know to look there.
0: Yeah, I I was going to kind of laugh at... Obviously, the story is a little cheesy, like the, the idea of this equation written in the Earth that this big bad is coming back to try to find because he wants more power or control or whatever. But like when you think about the Infinity Saga, it's all... It, it's just as stupid. Like, like I feel like the Marvel movies really coast on charisma a lot. And when you dive into the details, they are very hit or miss in terms of, like, how well do they serve a broader narrative and is the broader narrative actually interesting or not? And, like, I think Zack Snyder is... He's hoisted by his own earnestness where he is not hiding behind jokes. He is like, I'm just going to tell you the story of these heroes. And it's really serious. It's the anti-life. And he that gets read as dour and i think for things like batman v superman like it is kind of dour but i think what it really is is he takes it to heart and he takes it seriously and that's probably why a certain subset of comic fans really resonate with him because they feel like he is he is having the same like wide-eyed direct like i'm gonna call it optimism in a weird way like i know he's being dark but he is being dark in this idea that like this is hope and the universe is ending and they need Superman. And like, he's not going to undercut it with a joke. And I think it, it's just interesting. Like, like this movie has made me see his vision for the DCU differently than I felt it before as like, not the dark gritty. I'm going to be darker than Nolan, but more like, yeah, these are gods and men and these are big things. And I want them to feel
1: big. Agreed. Um, So, yeah. So, so, so going back to this, like the the stupidness of the plot, it it does make me, I don't know why I didn't think about it that much originally when the Justice League came out, but all the villains have the same goal, right? So like Zod comes to Earth and yeah, he wants Superman, right? Like don't harbor Superman because I want him. But also, Krypton has been destroyed, so he wants to terraform Earth to turn it into a new Krypton. Yeah, Steppenwolf, or Darkseid originally in the past, long before that comes to Earth, it was like, ha I'm going to terraform this and turn it into apocalypse. And then then in present day, Steppenwolf comes to Earth and is like, ha-ha, I'm going to terraform this planet and turn it into apocalypse. And we never, like, Thanos, right? Thanos is like, shit, resources in the gal- galaxy... The universe are like finite. I think we're expanding too quickly, us being living things. What if I just snapped half of them out of existence? Added a little time on the clock, right? I can understand yeah. that metaphor. By his own words, I don't remember if it was Stefan Wolf or or Dark Side who say it in this during their dark, dark zoom call that they have. Um but he says he's like visited a hundred thousand worlds or something. And terraformed all of them into Apocalypse. How many fucking Apocalypses do you need? Right? Like, like what is your end goal here?
0: Like, there's always going to be another Bezos.
1: You, <laughs> you need more. I mean, they have the same haircut, right? Right. <laughs> but like, in, in so Independence Day, right? In Independence Day, when, you know, when... The doctor, when Data has the cord around his neck (laughs) and he's talking through the glass, he talks about and he goes into the president's head. Um, He sees the flashes of how they move from world to world and consume all the resources. That's the key. And then they move on to the next world. Okay, I get it. Your planet ran out of resources. You pick the next closest planet. You go there, consume its resources. And then when you're out of resources there, you pick a new planet and do the same. Darkseid doesn't talk about doing anything with those planets <laughs> he's just going there and no, he's he the more
0: just pure evil i think i i don't know the comics at all but i think he is just more the embodiment of like yes i want everything i want to kill all things Ha ha ha, ha.
1: yeah i guess he's not light side so
0: can i can i do another bezos joke <laughs> i'm not gonna stop you <laughs> yeah uh much like jeff bezos Uh, He also wants to ruin the lives of a bunch of
1: Amazonians. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I approve. Um, Not of him ruining the lives of Amazonians, but I approve of the joke about him doing that. Yep. Yeah, anything else that you'd like to talk about uh, in this episode, Stephen?
0: I I guess we can briefly talk about the epilogue. Like, Basically, the, the epilogue is an interesting thing because I feel like... The sense is that most of that, if anything, was made later. Like this, probably did not exist in any real form four years ago. Jared um, Leto was
1: never shot before this yeah. epi- episode, ep- epilogue was like conceived of for this cut.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so that was all new. Um, and that, and when I say epilogue, as you just referenced, I particularly mean the dream sequence in the future, kind of hellscape world that Batman is living in. Yeah least favorite part of the movie i'll I'll put that up front, like it feels weird because it is basically a a preview for a sequel that will not exist, and there is something kind of strange about doing that, but even with that caveat that it all felt indulgent and didn't need to be there, and the movie would have been three and a half hours instead of four if they just didn't have it <laughs> um I did feel the idea of this world expanding in ways that marvel wouldn't of like like hellscape futures and dark universes where superman is controlled and the joker has to like guide them in a kind of hannibal lecter clarice type way um i would probably watch that movie like like i think like (laughs) this sold me enough that i would enjoy that future too so I, i i felt funny because i thought that whole scene was dumb and the nothing about me wants to see Jared Leto's Joker for any more time than I already have. Yeah. Um, but even then just the idea of the like comic book dark event type spin-off like I don't know it, it, it feels comic booky in a way that I feel like the Marvel movies have more trouble being.
1: Well what's what's interesting about that scene though is like it's not just setting up films that won't happening that won't happen it's filling in so many storylines that are not part of this saga, like the death of Robin, <laughs> like like right. the death of Harley Quinn, the you know like all, there's all these things that it's referencing, and it's just throwing them out there. Like, okay, if you know about these things, you know what these like you know which comics these are talking about. But like, it's just throwing them out there for the fans, I guess. Like, it 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 just glosses over so much shit. Plus, like. It's ignoring the fact that we had to see a pre a vision that cyborg has where we know that Aquaman and Wonder Woman are already dead like at that point in time. So it's just like it, it's just weird to like it, it's doing that scene is doing so much heavy lifting and I'm gonna be honest, the fact that it was just a dream kind of made it weaker for me like I, I think that if it was an actual like epilogue flash forward to like this is the current state of things, I I don't even though technically his dreams are supposed to be like visions like in in Batman v Superman he has that vision of Flash going like Lois oh, Lane is the key and then like right. disappearing or whatever like I understand like that it, it it it's all visions so it's technically all fine but I, I, something about it being actually real would have made it more impactful um but mm. also like we literally get a little stinger <laughs> that shows the we, we keep mixing up his name death shot dark shot something sure, whatever yeah
0: the beard eyepatch yeah dude, not not deadpool
1: <laughs> deadshot deadshot yeah. dark sliders um <laughs> sure. whatever his name is we see him being told hey by the way batman's name is bruce wayne and he's like, cool, I'll go kill him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he goes off to kill him. But then in this dream sequence that are on a team, like that's a whole movie exactly. that's also not being made that explains where at the end they're friends. Like, was his mom's also named Martha? <laughs>
0: like, yeah, I think I ca- that kind of intrigued me, though, because I was like, huh, this future jump forward. It, it, it's kind of like in... Um... It's gonna be such a weird comparison, but in How I Make Your Mother, <laughs> when like <laughs> they do they do the jump forwards to the wedding, and depending on what season you're in, they'll jump forward and suddenly they'll reveal a thing that like completely reverses what they you thought they were foreshadowing before. And this kind of does that, where it's like we're setting up a thing and then we're jumping forward and now you're seeing like the exact opposite thing. Like I I, I didn't mind that. That seemed like I was more compelled, but then the higher part of my brain was like. But you made all of this now after knowing there won't be sequels. So like, what is this
1: accomplishing? I think that's what this film's biggest sin is. is Like, obviously, every Marvel film that we've watched, whether we praised it or didn't like it or whatever, is teeing up stuff we know is coming already. So you can go like, all right, I get it. You got to have a thing that centers around a staff and that staff has an infinity gem in it because eventually we're going to get to the infinity stuff and then... Got it. Totally cool. There's got to be this red goop stuff, but the red stuff's actually a gem also. Got it. Like, that, like right. All these films are doing this stuff that you are like, I know this is setting something up. I'll roll with it. And maybe I'll Google around what the fuck it's talking about, but I know it's leading towards films. If you're going to release a four-hour movie where half of that four hours is setting up shit you're never going to make, why the fuck are you doing that
0: <laughs> right yeah. yeah, I mean it could it could partly be an audition for getting to keep making it. That
1: is kind of the cynical view of it um maybe, but it but it's like otherwise it, i I was gonna say in 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 our South by review, right I was talking about the film Gaia the film Gaia is like a fan made prequel to the last of us right it it is setting up the last of us right but the last of us exists so mission accomplished right like it has done this thing whether officially or unofficially, i mean it's, it's definitely not officially uh, but like it has done this thing whether it's just homage or in their head they were literally doing it that film ends with enough for you to extrapolate how we get from that scene to the last of us right it's kind of like the ending to the first planet of the apes film right like we're like okay i get it i can see how we're arriving at the next stuff um this film is theoretically doing the same it's introducing the martian manhunter it's introducing the eventual goal of dark it's introducing the fucking anti-life formula which mm-hmm. doesn't make sense unless you're gonna do the anti like because the anti life formula is such a ridiculous concept which like if you read i think when when you start with the short description at the top of like the freaking dc.fandom.com description of it you're like all right i get it the more you read and the more you see how it's used the more confusing it becomes you're like all right
0: well you need to be careful because if you really read it verbatim then uh dark
1: side will control you <laughs> well if i read it verbatim i think i control things i think that's the whole point like everybody's you know, I, I, searching. I was trying
0: to think of I, I was trying to think of what that uh that equation reminded me of where it's like something equals something equals dark side it's star wars
1: it's, it's fear leads to suffering
0: suffering leads to hate <laughs> whatever right? well, uh, well my my reference is actually from the nickelodeon show cat dog <laughs> where, <laughs> where, where where there's a gag where they're like trying to enter a restaurant and the sign says no shirt no shoes no cat dog <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like that doesn't even grammatically fit.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, and everybody knows exactly how old you are now. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. So this is the one last thing I want to say. Right. There is a a Chekhov's weapon in this film that I'm really sad does not go off. So when oh, Alfred is showing off these gauntlets that he's making for Batman. Fucking Wonder Woman goes like, awesome, can you do it to a whip and make it in black? And I was like, yes, I want... Oh, see, I I thought
0: she was joking that Batman is stealing her abilities and like, what, are you going to make a black lasso too? That was how I interpreted that scene. Hmm. Because she already has her... You know, I literally just hit the mic. That'll be fun to edit. Um, but but the, she she has those things, and she's saying like, oh wow, clever clever Bruce Wayne. You should also make a lasso in black too. But, but right.
1: his gauntlets they aren't they aren't like uh, say uh, Black Panther's suit, right? Where they store up kinetic energy and then suddenly release it. So you can't do the hit him and explode thing that that Diana has, that Wonder Woman has they just absorb the energy and then i guess slowly dissipate it through radiation or something i don't know um but like it's just a thing that's meant to like allow you to absorb these shots right so i took it to be like literal like yeah i wish my lasso could do that shit because that would probably be useful against all these damn paratroopers um like think about all the shots in wonder woman 1980 whatever where she's like spinning her lasso in a circle and then like the bullets are bouncing off of it like she could do that with the laser beams like she could totally do shit like that right
0: yeah about i believe it. you I'm, I'm just saying i my interpretation of that scene was not that she genuinely wanted batman to make a black lasso but that she was that was like her dunking on like he's just stealing my powers, you know, He, like, wow, what a great idea.
1: Hmm. I don't remember it that way, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Any last thoughts, Stephen? Any last thoughts?
0: No, no, I think that covers it. Uh, Snyder Good. <laughs> what a twist.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, let's we'll see how twisty it is because we haven't given an official verdict yet. So, Stephen Miller, if you were going to say must-see, recommend with the caveat, wait for it, I'll pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
0: This is really where, like, the COVID grading curve is confusing for me because I, I've i gotten harsher over the last few years in terms of my definition of must-see versus recommend with caveat. Like, I think I used to give it out like candy, and, like, at a certain point, I started rounding down I'm going to give this like a strong recommend with caveat. The caveat is that I think it is still very indulgent. I don't think it really works as like a movie that could have gone to theaters. I think you could trim a good deal of fat off it still, but I think it's a hell of a lot of fun. It is not aggravating. it's cohesive the story it tells makes sense i think it does justice to the characters which is not a thing that conventional wisdom says Zack snyder is all about so i think the the redemption arc of the snyder verse is strong with this one uh <laughs> i just think it is still it's such its own thing there, there has to just be caveats thrown all over it because this is a four hour six chapter revisionistic movie of a movie that came out almost four years ago and that is just wild and you have to be in the proper place to enjoy it but if you are in that place particularly sitting at home in a pandemic with a dearth of blockbusters for the last year like I think this is gonna scratch an itch and it's gonna be a lot of fun
1: yeah I think uh, yeah I I think it's a recommended caveat for me as well I mean I I think it's clearly better than the original um, which gives an obvious caveat that if you didn't watch the original there's not necessarily a reason for you to watch this one. (laughs) Um, But also I kind of like, like in a way I love that he just threw in all the shit he would love to do no matter what. Um, But also I'm kind of like, come on, bro, you're setting up shit that you're not going to make. Like that's just a dick move. (laughs) Right. So it's like part of it, part of it I'm like applauding and part of it I'm like angry at because like, yeah, I would watch fucking future hellscape. Like it, it, it would be fun. Like I, I'm totally there for it. Um, But yeah, it's just it's just weird. Also, one one more thing that I thought about. We 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 mentioned earlier that originally Justice League came out before Aquaman came out, right? Part of Aquaman's whole thing is that like, you know, he's you know half Atlantean, half human, you know, he grew up with his dad on the shore. He's the rightful king to Atlantis, but he doesn't want that job, doesn't want to be a part of that. It's like fuck fuck all that. I don't want to be there, right? In isolation, having that be his story, totally fine, right? Given yeah. the context of this four-hour movie existing theoretically before the Aquaman film, he did that same arc where he's like, nah, right, I'm Switzerland, I don't want to be part of this. And then he realized that like, oh no, people need my help because there's bad yeah. shit out there and I need to help out. You think he would instantly be like, huh? Maybe if Justice League good, Atlantis Kingship good as well, right? Like you think he would like he's done right. that growing up, theoretically, already.
0: You, you you're definitely right. His arc in the Justice League, this Snyder extended version, is very redundant with the Aquaman movie to the point where it kind of seems like Zack Snyder decided the Aquaman movie never happened. <laughs> um,
1: well, I mean, well, chronologically, it didn't Wonder happen. Woman happened, <laughs> right it just it just seems like he should have he should have been like man i mean it was good that we teamed up also i had this regular old trident if i had like the king's trident it would probably be even better (laughs) like you know (laughs) what i mean yeah so like you literally have willem Dafoe being like come home and take your seat on the throne in this film (laughs) like
0: willem Dafoe does look so different in this than he does in the aquaman movie in terms of like his, his hairstyle. And he has his, like a top
1: knot in the Aquaman movie, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's going to bring it to the end of our review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that?
0: Uh, if people want to find me, they can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com.
1: People can find me at Christopher real life.com or Twitter.com slash Christopher IRL. You can find the podcast over at the spoiler warning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in overcast stitcher, Apple podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the other to go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning, facebook.com slash the warning, um, or Instagram.com slash the warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at the spoiler warning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack of Zack Snyder's Justice League. So hopefully you are enjoying that. Um, that is it. Uh, we are done with the festival. We are done with the Snyder Cut. Um, we might do some individual reviews from uh, the festival. We'll see how it goes. Um, but we should be hopefully returning to normal. Um, Kong's coming up. Uh, Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I don't want to leave, leave out the King of Monsters. Um so we're going to be talking about that soon. Um, other things, I'm sure, are coming out. Really, my brain is fried from <laughs> trying to pay attention to the schedule for all the other things. But uh, but yeah, more stuff coming to the feeds. Hopefully you enjoyed this, and uh, we'll be back soon. All right. Bye, everyone.
0: Bye.